Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you today? Feeling good to be back home, Sean. Back in Lexington, got in this morning. So um, first time out on the road like that in a while. So was glad to get home and stretch my legs out. But uh, a successful trip, I think, to, to Alabama. And uh, pleased so far with some of our download numbers. We appreciate everybody who's listened in. And yeah, I, have, I think, at least in my mind, I feel this way once I drove back. You know, I'm, I'm to the, and especially now the Reds got one hit today and lost seven to zero. I'm ready for football to get here. <laughs> you just broke my heart because I hadn't even looked at the red score yet. I've been so busy uh, in the early part of the day here. But, yeah, it feels good to be home. Felt good to also get down there and, and do something with work. Uh, had a blast at Dave & Buster's after we had dinner yesterday. <laughs> Credit thanks to the SEC for giving us $30 gift cards to Dave & Buster's and a $30 gift card for the gaming part of Dave & Buster's, which you gave – you had me give to a younger child yesterday, and I just want you to know that that kid – I'm I'm convinced that he could have lifted Dave and Buster's. That's how happy he was when I gave it to his mom. Well, I hope he uh, got good use out of it. I <laughs> had to hit the road, get on out of there. So. Yeah, you made the right I spent decision. Two hours there. Yeah. I pulled in my driveway at three o'clock this morning, so you made the right decision. <laughs> I shouldn't have wasted two hours at Dave and Buster's play video games, but no. But there's SEC Media Day is the topic this week. Obviously, we're still waiting on official ballots. We have to submit our ballots for voting. I know you already have. Uh, I have to submit mine before tomorrow at 5 o'clock. So then the SEC official preseason teams and the order finish will come out Friday morning. So we're going to talk about that on Friday. We're going to give our order finish tomorrow. But today's not even really – it's an SEC topic, but it's not two teams that's in the SEC. Eric, but there is reports from the Houston Chronicle that Texas and Oklahoma – have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference, which is a report in itself. Right now it's just a bunch of talk. But Greg Sankey also had a chance to kind of shut that thing down, and he didn't. He didn't say no. No, there there have been multiple opportunities by numerous people in this story who have had a chance to say, no, this isn't happening, and none of them have said no. Um, Like you said, uh, right, right now I'm seeing a report from Brian Davis who covers Texas for the Austin American Statesman newspaper. He tweets, a Texas spokesman has this statement about the SEC rumors. Speculation swirls around collegiate athletics. We will not address rumors or speculation. It's kind of a weird way to deny that um, or not deny it, whichever way you want to look at it. But, yeah, also Greg Sankey, you know, he is there on site at SEC Media Days, of course. This drops right in the middle. I'm pretty sure the reporter who reported that is like was asking Jimbo Fisher questions like five minutes later. Um, So I'm trying to find the tweet here of what Sankey had to say. Um, I see Ross Dellinger uh, reported that Texas A&M AD – is it – how do you say his last name? Majork? B-J-O-R-K? I don't know how to say his last name. I know he used to be the AD at Ole Miss, but I don't really know how to pronounce his name. But basically, Texas A&M stands on this whole thing is they're the only – they only want to be uh, the only team from Texas in the Southeastern Conference. It's one of the big reasons that they left the Big 12 was to kind of do their own thing and, and of course, have that – a major advantage you would think in recruiting of being, you know, a school in Texas that plays in the best football conference. So um, I don't know, Sean, this, this Sankey tweet must be, Oh, here we go. Sankey said, we are only worried about the 2021 season. Somebody dropped a report from unnamed people. That's what he had to say to Brett McMurphy of stadium. So 
this we're recording this maybe 30 minutes 45 minutes i don't know how long it's been since this report came out long enough for 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 it to get out there to get some people on that well some official stances on it but as of now I think what this is just going to lead to, Sean, is a speculation of what an SEC conference and what the conference could look like, especially in football when you had two powerhouse brands like that, but also what it might mean for other sports. Yeah, I mean, it would get you to 16 teams in the league if that ends up becoming a thing. So then you would go eight east, eight west. So, I mean, then you're adding not only for football would be the biggest selling point for the league. If that were to happen, I mean, you're adding Oklahoma and Texas to the sec that's already stacked and loaded, but it wouldn't also, it'd be a pretty good move for basketball too. And other, in other sports, if, if it were, I'm a fan of it. Like I would, I would welcome it right now. If you told me that the sec added those two teams. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows the ramifications? Uh, The big 12 has obviously been a little bit, on uh, some unstable ground for a while. Um, you know, they were one of the teams that, you know, lost people. And the last one, right, you know, Missouri left, Nebraska left. A&M left. A&M, you know, you're talking about. Colorado left. Yes, I mean, they got ravaged by that last round of expansion. That was uh, when they were the, able to. That was when the Big 12 became the Big 10, and the Big 10 became the Big 12, right? Yes. <laughs> they yeah. just decided to yeah, keep they, their names. They kept the names, yeah. But, you know, they, they did add West Virginia uh, to the conference because obviously the Big East dissolved. Um, I, I mean, it would be interesting. I don't think they would stick with the eight and eight for the leagues. I, I think they would just – yeah, uh, just maybe do it where, you know, if you finish – obviously whoever finishes first wins the league. And, I mean, it would have – we're still so early into this. Who knows what it, what, what it would all mean. Well um, – do you think that would be the non-game SEC schedule that Mark Stoops did not to seem to be a fan of? No, he was not a fan of that. I added that in my notes today. I can't remember if we talked about that yesterday We or did not. not talk about it. We did not talk about it. And yeah. he, he was quick to say that look at all the teams that struggled last year when they played 10 SEC games, and they weren't. So, yeah, he's not a fan of it. I'm, I'm sure most of the SEC is probably not a fan of it. What would you, what would you think? Yeah, that, that was kind of the vibe I got from Stoops. And, I mean, Dan Mullen, who, you know, whose team did have a very good year last year, even he pointed out it probably wouldn't be very popular. I went and looked last season in the SEC-only portion in those 10 games. And, of course, not every team played the full 10 games because of COVID. But only five teams <coughs> – excuse me – only five teams finished with a winning record. You had two teams go 500. So, you had half the league finished yeah. with a losing record last year. So – but with those, with that in mind, no, I don't. I don't think you'd have a ton of people wanting to do that. But if they if they do add these teams, and we should mention, I saw a report. Oh, it's probably written in the rules somewhere. It's just someone you know going and looking at it. The members, you know, member schools, they, uh, it has to have a seventy five percent approval rate to actually add any teams to the conference. So I don't know what the stance would be on some of these schools, but I, for the football schedule, I don't think there's any doubt you would have to move to a nine-game schedule, you would still want to protect some of those uh, rivalry games. I think Kentucky would obviously still want to play Louisville. So that's 10 games right there, and then it's going to leave you two. What I think everybody at that point will have just gimme games. I don't think you're going to find anybody past that who, uh, you know, maybe teams like Alabama. Any team that has, like, their major conference already within the SEC, you might still see play some big non-conference games. I mean, well, think about this too, Sean. You've already got teams that have, like, signed huge home-and-home deals away for, like, 10 years from now. 
So I guess that would still be there. But I think for Kentucky, the scheduling, you would just see them keep trying to schedule two of the worst teams in the country probably if they're going to move to a nine-game schedule. So that, that would be the interesting part of it. I mean, Texas has been – it's been a long time since they won the national title, really since they threatened even being the playoff. But, you know, whereas Oklahoma, with what Lincoln Riley has done, I mean, they're, they're pretty much there most years. What do you think – what do you think is the appeal – if, if you're Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, obviously it's the SEC money, money, it, it's money, right? That, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say, because you're, you're looking at this and you're, you're joining a conference that has won the national championship. Seems like every year Derek. other, I mean, here, here, there, Clemson will win one or Ohio state wins one, but it's not just Alabama. Alabama dominates this league, but you've seen Georgia play for a national championship. LSU's won a national championship. Auburn, it money talks. And we're moving into this era now where money just dominates everything. And I just think that obviously there's something to it or Sankey would have shut it down. Like there's been, there's been something's happened. Like it's not done, but there's definitely been, they've reached out for sure. Like that, I, I believe that report a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I would believe there's been some discussions. I mean, I saw Pat 40 tweet pretty, pretty soon after that report came out that there's kind of been rumors about that for months now, kind of Texas and OU weighing their options looking at what might happen. But, you know, that's kind of the thing with those schools. What are the conference – those are two football-heavy school. I mean, that's what their identity is. Texas should be good at everything, given the money and resources that they have. Uh, but certainly for, for both those schools, they – you know, they're – when you think of those programs, you think of football. So what better place to go than the SEC if that's what you want to do? But uh, it's still uh, – the basketball aspect would be interesting. You saw what Chris Beard did this offseason. He's someone who I think would be a uh, at one point I thought would maybe be an option for UK, depending on when the job came open. But now that he's back at his alma mater, I don't think in, in the resources he's going to have at Texas, I think he'll probably stay there for for quite some time. Oh, you hired Porter Moser this offseason. I don't I don't really see them ever, you know, being a threat to win the SEC. I mean, maybe you know. It, you never write anybody off any given year. A team could get hot and and win. But as a program as a whole, it, it has been a solid program, though. I mean, that's probably something we should know of Oklahoma. Like, yeah, Long Kruger was there. They were pretty good. Of course, with uh, Jeff Capel, they had some really great players. Uh, Mosier should keep them at least solid. So I think it's a solid addition because that's what we talk about, right? It's football and basketball. Yeah. Those are the two that people are really going to care about. Uh, I know Texas has a great baseball program. They just went to Omaha. So that would help the league. Obviously, a lot of teams really love baseball in this conference. Um, but as it pertains to what UK fans care about, those two things. I mean, you're not scared of anybody if you're Kentucky in basketball coming to the no, league. Matter of fact, you probably welcome it. You probably have more fun uh, having some of those cool games like that. But for football, for UK, if you don't have that incentive, or I call it an incentive now, the division structure would help Kentucky if they ever made it to the SEC championship game. Yeah. If you take that away – you add Texas and Oklahoma, it's really hard to see Kentucky ever win in the SEC. It is, and that's just being brutally honest, 110%. Uh, a couple more things here, too, uh, I think we should talk about. So, Mike Leach was asked about the SEC's permanent crossover where Kentucky plays Mississippi State, Georgia plays Auburn, and he thinks it's a good idea to get rid of it. Do, do you think that that's coming at some point, that we lose those crossover games? I mean, Kentucky and Mississippi State have played every year in my lifetime, ever since I've been following Kentucky football since 1998, and I don't remember a year where Kentucky and Mississippi State did not play. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with Leach. Because um, I know whenever... T- uh, when AM and Missouri got in the league, they more or less made like artificial rivalries, right? Like they protected the yeah. big ones, they protected Alabama and Tennessee, uh, Georgia and Auburn. Uh, I'm probably forgetting some, but like you had the rivalries that, that they more LSU or less Florida created. play every year, don't they? Oh, but I think that was one of the ones that they basically created, right? Like they made that their permanent. Yeah, you're right. Like that's their permanent rival. Like I don't, I don't know what that rivalry was like before they were forced to play each other every season. Um, really, Kentucky got a pretty good deal out of that. When yeah, they, you know, it's not like they didn't have to play Auburn or somebody every single year. They got one of the typically, you know, generally a program that has been somewhat on Kentucky's footing for most of them. I mean, they've had their highs and Kentucky's had its highs as well. Um, so, I, I think so. Like whenever you thought about the fact that AM had been in the conference since 2012, we went over there, uh, you know, that's um, when I'll say we, I'm talking about, you know, as reporters when we went to Texas in 2018, you know, Kentucky won't see them again until what, 2024? So you play a team twice in the 12 years, like what I think they were trying to drive home today, or at least some of the reporters are writing about is that it doesn't even really feel like a conference like A&M. Yeah. You, you guys, you know, play in the same league, but it's like, you really don't because you never see them. Yeah. You never play them. Um, LSU somewhat the same way. Like we talked about uh, on one of the episodes not too long ago, First time since 2007 they're coming here. That, that's a crazy late 13 years in between but, games. But yeah, Kentucky's been there twice. Yeah, just twice. So they don't really play a whole lot. And then Ooh. you're, I mean, you're talking like you mentioned AM, Ole Miss. I know as it stands, Kentucky will go to Ole Miss next year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's the first time since Randall Cobb's final year at Kentucky. So 2009. 12 years. Yeah. yeah 12 it's years it's been a long time. And uh, but if you're if you're Kentucky though, and you're playing a program like Mississippi State every year, I know you've not had success down there. I mean, if you're Mark Stoops, are you a fan of keeping that game, or do you want it to be a cycle of Alabama or an A and M or an LSU or someone every year? I think it would be good for the league if they got rid of it. But then again, some and if you're Tennessee, if you're a fan base in your Tennessee, do you want to play Alabama every year? <laughs> Remember when they thought that that was going away? Their pride would say yes because it's been a great rivalry. But if you're if you're trying to be logical, wouldn't you rather place out Al- replace Alabama every year with maybe a team like Mississippi State? You know, yeah. in some years when you could play them and hopefully add a win. I think this would be uh, a, a tough blow to Kentucky football, honestly, to to have that many changes because as it is right now, we sit here and say Kentucky's got a really good chance to, to at least be the third best program in the SEC East. If you put them in the West, they're not that high. No chance they're that high. I mean, you got LSU, A&M, and, and, and Alabama this year that I would say just for this season alone will be better. But when you talk about programs and resources, 
man, they're pretty far down that list in the West. I mean, I think they're certainly, you know, Auburn puts way more into it than those other three schools I just mentioned. So you really can't even start an argument until you get to like fifth in the West. Whereas with you, you know, in the East, I think it's a little bit different. So that would be tough. I mean, think about it this, Sean, you'd have some years maybe where you wouldn't play Vanderbilt. Everybody looks to that game and you think, you know, that's a pretty, pretty good chance you can win that. Well, you know, if they change to a nine game schedule and they, and they don't really do the divisions anymore, there could be a chance you don't see those guys. You, know, you could, you could get stuck in a murderer's row one year where you got to play Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, if they're really good. I mean, it could be crazy. And, you know, I'm just spitballing here. So some of the possibilities, but uh, I don't, I don't know if I have a feel for if this will actually happen or not. I think the SEC would no doubt become, I mean, I think the SEC probably wants it to happen. If those two teams well, want to come here. Is, is any other, I mean, if you're talking college football on Saturday, if, if you're not a fan, let's say you're, if you're not a fan of a big 10 team or you're a fan of a PAC 12 team, let's just say you're a college football fan in general, you're watching the SEC, right? If that, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're already probably watching the SEC, but if that happens, you're really watching the SEC. But uh, you, you brought up a point, though, a moment ago about where Kentucky stacks up in the East and where they are ranked as programs and who's the best program in the division right now. So I want to ask you, do, do you think Kentucky is the third best team, third best program in its division right now? I mean, I, I think so. Or do they do they need to do a little bit more now that Missouri – kind of beat them last year and do they do they need to kind of beat that thing down but they're right there I think I think they've been the third best program if you're just talking the last five years yeah I think so um ten, I mean with what with resources and things like Tennessee should be better than Kentucky every year given how much they care given their program tradition given the access to recruits that they have like they should be better but obviously they have I mean Kentucky has been a better program than them the last few years um, as of now, I would say yes. Like, I think Missouri is doing some really good things with Drinkwitz. They're recruiting very well. Their class is actually better than Kentucky's right now. All the time we talked about UK, you know, getting off that hot start. I mean, they, they've fallen off, Sean. I think they're barely top 30 now in the recruiting rankings, um, which have not added a commitment in a long time. That'll, that'll change, obviously, once they get a few more guys. But, um, you know, it's tough to say. Even Missouri, you know, we got to really – I think you got to really, like, dwindle it down for Kentucky to put them as the third best. You got to, like, cut it off right when they made – that first bowl under Stoops and go from there. And obviously they are a much different program now than what they were even five years ago. I think they're built much better. They're deeper. I think their high end talent is better. So yeah, I think the program's in a great spot, but you know, they're still one of the teams that has never been to Atlanta. At least Missouri's done that. South Carolina's done it since 2000, you know, going back to 2010, which starting to feel like a long time ago, but really wasn't, but, uh, you know, that's just kind of the it's kind of the thing of where they are. Like I, I would say there's definitely an argument for UK to be third. That's where I would pick them to finish this year. And as long as Stoops is there, I think they're always gonna be a mid-tier SEC team. But the next question is, you know, can they ever actually get over that hump and 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 be there like they had a chance to in 2018? You know, they've really not threatened. And it's only been two seasons. It's really only been one full season since then. Last year's was weird. Even the most optimistic people last year were saying, well, six and four probably. Yeah, maybe seven and three if you really thought they'd catch some breaks. So that wasn't going to be enough to win the SEC East, most likely. So this year will probably be a little bit better, true gauge. I mean, if they get in a spot where they finish second again, like they did, or tie for second, like they did in 2018, you do that twice in four years, I think you'll get a lot of respect and certainly move ahead some of those programs that might be on equal footing right now. And we mentioned Cole Kublik 
has them second. The official ballots haven't been sent out yet, and they've not come through. Uh, that will be Thursday at five, six o'clock Eastern time, I think, is when that's the deadline. I've, I've actually got to put mine together, but he had them number two in the East behind Georgia and ahead of Florida. You think that'll influence anybody in the media who's going to be voting? I think it could, because I think uh, Cole's a guy that you trust and you look at. He's he's yeah. right a lot more than he is wrong. Uh, I'm not going to share my ballot because I want to save that for tomorrow's episode, but I'm a little bit higher on Kentucky. I mean, I think that obviously covering the program and stuff, we have more familiarity and stuff with them than anyone else does. But Cole, I think Cole's basing this on a lot of things, and we're going to reach out to Cole and get him on the show again. But he did release his top five SEC offensive lines for 2021, and Kentucky's number one, Derek. Kentucky's number one. A&M's number two, Alabama three, LSU four, and Ole Miss five. That's his top five offensive lines going into the 2021 season. It helps when you have the first team all SEC tackle on Derek. Well, he will be, Kennard, and then a talent. You know, you get Derek Rosenthal and you get Ed Orgeron up there saying that they believe he's a first-round talent. You know, when those are your bookend tackles, uh, you're going to get some votes for that first spot. I mean, I still have some questions that, I mean, I think they will be a good group, no doubt. But, uh, you know, there's still some questions. You got to see how how Rosenthal fits in. You got to see how that changes the guard battle. But I think they're going to be deep. Um, they're going to be really solid, I think. Uh, to, to get first for Cole, who played offensive line in the SEC, to say that, I mean, you got to you got to really weigh that uh, opinion. I mean, that's 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 pretty serious stuff. That, that is, and I think Cole is going for Kentucky favorite when it comes to SEC media members because uh, – He's pretty optimistic on the Cats most years. He, he is. He's always been high on Kentucky the last couple of years, especially the offensive line play. And we know that that's going to be another strength of this team, Derek. Uh, we're still going to have to play it out and see what happens to quarterback and, and everything. But it's coming. I think we're going to be five Saturdays from college football when we move into Saturday. I mean, it's here. SEC media day will wrap up tomorrow. As I said, ballots go in. We will know the predicted order of finish. We will know where Kentucky stands in the preseason in the media's eyes and who is who all's on those SEC teams. So we're going to have a lot to talk about as we go through that. We'll keep an eye on these reports with uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Certainly, it sounds like there's something there. They had opportunities to kind of just end that speculation, but it is speculation for now. That's all we have. But we will talk about it. We will talk about a lot of things. Uh, go ahead and submit mailbag questions to us. We're, we're planning to have a mailbag episode, and we are going to start splitting the mailbags. But we will make sure that we put them out on the same day a lot of times, probably probably most of the time, won't we, Derek? We'll just go ahead and just put the whole thing up. I know some of you are interested in the football side. Some of you are interested in the basketball side. We will throw baseball and other U.K. sports in with football because basketball is just such a massive mailbag. That's yeah. where probably 75% of the questions come from. So we will split those that way. If there's some of you that want to listen to just one, uh, you can do that and you can find it. It'll be detailed what it is. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and uh, start taking questions for just an overall UK athletics mailbag. So whatever your questions are, you can tweet them to me, tweet them to Derek, DM us, uh, email us, do it, whatever you want. We'll check all platforms and we will uh, get a mailbag episode out to you very soon. Tomorrow's episode will be our SEC ballots. We will give you our predicted order of finish. We probably might even name the guys that we voted for for Kentucky or where we'll go. We won't go through the entire league. We'll save that for Friday's episode when it comes to talking about everything. But just go ahead and send all that stuff into us and then make sure you're subscribed to this feed. Give the Kentucky Daily Facebook page a like. We're trying to push that. I know some of you had trouble finding it. 
just type in Kentucky Daily. What is the at that you put for that? Was it just Kentucky Daily Pod? Yeah. Yeah, so just at Kentucky Daily Pod, if you can't find it just by searching Kentucky Daily, surely that will pull it up. Uh, you should be able to find it now, hopefully. I don't think anybody's having trouble. But as always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.